Good morning, Eugene. Hey, good morning. How are you? Pretty good. How about you? Doing okay. Sipping on the coffee. I actually am obsessing about this company, um, coffee and motivation company. Do they sell merch or do they sell coffee? They sell both, but the the reason I'm I'm obsessing about them is um, that they sell mugs with like fun things on them. Like there's one, something like "Wake up, kick ass, repeat." Hmm. I like that one. And there's another one: um, "Losers make excuses, winners make money," or something like that. Yeah, motivational stuff. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And they're black mugs and stuff. So I like them. So um, I was thinking that we kind of had an interesting discussion about kind of starting out and and stuff. But then in the after show, we kind of uh, referred, like we kind of talked about the health insurance and all the benefits and stuff. So I was wondering if you can kind of tell me what if you, if the not having benefits kind of paid for uh, makes you worried? You know, if you were to start something on your own. Yeah, and I guess I'm thinking about that more now because I am working from home, and a lot of the stuff that I'm used to companies providing to me, I now have to go get myself, and. Like I still get health insurance through my employer and they you know, pay for a huge part of it. And even though the costs are high, they would be much, much higher if I were to have my own business. But even things like office space or like a nice desk chair or a desk or good internet, all those things are like provided by the employer. And if you were to start out and do your own business, you would have to pay for many, many things that I think working in an office, you sort of take for granted. Like our coffee bill is now much higher because like I used to drink all of my coffee at work and that was just free. So now I'm buying more coffee. Um, I had to upgrade my like office setup to get better, better chairs, better desks, all that stuff. And the health insurance part is sort of almost like a deal breaker for me because it's so much money. Like I'm relatively healthy, but I still have a couple doctor trips a year. And so like obviously I need insurance and it's just so much money that you have a like a very high minimum number that your business needs to like have to even afford to have this business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, like what's the minimum income you would need, and to support a family, like, okay, take the the average insurance cost to insure a family privately. Like, that's a pretty big hurdle to overcome. It uh, definitely is expensive, and <clears throat> we do take it for granted. But at the same time. <clears throat> I think it kind of depends on the company. So a friend of mine works for a large company and um, similar to my husband also works for a large company, but the quality of the insurance is 
drastically different. Like um, she, her best plan has like a $6,000 out of pocket or $10,000 out of pocket for the family. That's me. <laughs> um, ours, our like best plan, like the, the lowest out of pocket is like 2,300 or something. So, um, it, so difference from company to co- differs from company to company. And you have to kind of keep in mind that you need to understand how much it actually costs in total. And maybe you can actually get a better, um, coverage on this kind of on your own, like freelancers union. I, when I was a freelancer a long time ago, I used them for health insurance. Um, they offer affordable, you have to prove that you're a freelancer. So you have to show some invoices and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, maybe the, the stuff changed a little bit in terms of what you have to show, but the interesting thing is that, um, you could potentially get better coverage. I mean, in our case, in my case, we would probably like our insurance costs, like, um, I think out of pocket, not out of pocket, but like out of the paycheck is like the 7,000 or so. And then the company pays another 30 something thousand. So for us to be able to get it on the side to get the same benefits would be super hard. Um, it would probably cost about the same, maybe a little less, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but for, you know, for someone whose company is paying 7,000 a year for health insurance, like that's different. The benefits are different. They're much, probably much lower and uh, much higher co-pays and all of that. So you have to kind of consider, consider that too. It also depends on where you live. So I know my company, they self-insure. So it's provided by some like <clears throat> amount of money that I guess they set aside and they use a real insurance company for like the cards and the network. But behind the scenes, it's not really insurance. It's not the insurance company taking the like the business risk. We're using the insurance company as like a middle layer, and the company actually, you know, provides the pool of money for its employees. So that's one way that you know larger companies can get around weird insurance laws, especially now. But like we're in New York, so the insurance market is pretty pretty good in like the city area. But if you're living somewhere else, your coverage could be better. I'm thinking like Massachusetts, maybe. And it could be more expensive, but you might have better options. But if you're somewhere else that doesn't have as rigorous uh, like a medical infrastructure or an insurance sort of network you might not be able to find any affordable options for yourself. Well, there's always healthcare.gov, so... But that's also different by state. Like, the exchanges vary based on location. Yes, but um, only if the state does not have its own exchange. So New York exchange is pretty good. Like, you can get some decent coverage, Um, especially as the lower your income, the better coverage you can get. But um, in states that don't have their own exchange, people can go to healthcare.gov and kind of get the minimum like emergency coverage. And oftentimes because of the Obamacare, um, you can actually get, 
they can actually get it for free. At least, you know, like if someone's healthy and all they want to make sure if, if they get into an accident or something, they have to go to the hospital, that's covered. And you can a lot of times get that at a much lower cost. You can, but I don't think that's also what we're talking about. Like if you're starting your business, you're like I would expect to have the business make enough money, which disqualifies you from a lot of these subsidies and reductions in cost. So then you're paying full price for healthcare. And no matter how you spin it, like having a traditional job, they pay even 50%. It's a huge number that they pay for. And overcoming that, especially in states that don't have good exchanges, that's that's like quite a hurdle you'd have to overcome. And I would think that that might even be like a good baseline for the minimum amount of money that you should project your business making. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you should project making more, but uh, <laughs> that's another conversation. I mean, it also depends on your family. So like if, if you are a 27-year-old guy who doesn't have kids, you know, your kind of priorities, immediate priorities will be a little different, you know, than someone who has a family. Right. But even me, we have oh, like only one option for healthcare at my company. And it's 400 a month with some crazy like $8,000 deductible and... It's just not, it's not a good plan, but it's still very costly. So like, I'm, I'm unhappy with it, but I could imagine being in a situation where I would have to pay like $1,000 a month for that same plan. I'm like, okay, can I make $1,000 a month more? Yeah, you can. Uh, like running a business, maybe. Yeah. Like if, if yeah, maybe I, you can. Right. I mean, I'm assuming my company charges my time at a much higher rate than they pay me. But like a thousand bucks a month extra is I don't know. Like that's a big number to overcome. And it's also a scary thing for me because like I always want health insurance and it's become very politicized. And I don't feel secure knowing that, you know, year over year, administration over administration, that that'll even be an option. Like a couple of years ago, there was no Affordable Care Act and it was pretty hard to get coverage and you would have to have a very successful business to afford yourself this very expensive health insurance. So yeah, now maybe it's cheaper in some areas for some people. But that could all change sort of on a whim because, you know, the way America does stuff, it's the the country almost wants you to be employed by a big corporation to to get health insurance. And I like the fact that it was politicized makes me uneasy considering using these government backed programs to get insurance. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you're not an accountant, so what I want to encourage you to, to kind of consider <clears throat> a different perspective on Obamacare. Um, what Obamacare did actually 
at least in, in my opinion, I mean, it did a couple of good things, but you know, ev- no good deed goes unpunished. It also did a couple of bad things, but, um, politics aside, um, what the good thing that it did is eliminated or, um, kind of, um, um, yeah, I guess eliminated preexisting conditions. Like you have to get covered. Um, but the bad thing is that the prices of healthcare have significantly increased. I mean, we've been paying consistently 25 to 30% more every year. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of the nature of insurance. Like the way, the way the insurance business model is set up is that you get a group of people and then you bet that less of them will get sick. So if you have a small group of very healthy people, you can charge them all less and statistically or some calculation has to be made that, okay, we have these people, they get sick at this rate, we can charge them this much and be okay. But in times of crisis, in times of many people getting sick or like weird political climates that decide that healthcare is some sort of like battle we have to fight to, I don't know, allow people a choice or something. It, I, I don't know. I, I get this uneasy feeling and yeah, the prices go up because now we have more insured people, more people get sick and that's just how insurance work. If more people are under the same plan, you get charged more because it's like a bet that we have to cover all the people that are sick. So that's why, like, whenever I hear these, like, nationwide insurance conglomerates or plans, it doesn't make any sense. Insurance has been, probably still is, like, very local. So the insurance companies go to the medical offices and negotiate for like special rates from the offices or like with hospitals. So like you have this insurance, there's a representative that goes to the office of the doctor and negotiates how much an x-ray costs, how much an MRI costs. And that's why you have like the standard price that the office charges. And then you have the, oh, you have this insurance price. And then you have the, like the section or the, the portion that insurance, uh, like charges you out of pocket. So the insurance agrees to pay a percent of your fee, but also the insurance company negotiates better rates from the doctors themselves. So even if the insurance paid 0%, you would still get a better rate from like an in-network doctor. And that's what that means. That like in-network means that that insurance agency negotiated some sort of special deal with that doctor so no someone in arkansas doesn't have the same insurance as someone in new york because those doctors are different and they're just different negotiations so insurance the way it's been set up has to be pretty local i'm against insurance in in general but it's and again we're not discussing politics and And at all it is i mean 
I don't know what the answer would should be for medical care because like if you consider countries like Russia or UK where health insurance is like there's no health insurance or whatever maybe there is but um in UK but it's you need healthcare you go and get it um there in or like Canada you have to wait oftentimes for an appointment whereas in the US you need to get care you schedule an appointment you go and get it um so That's i don't know sure. what the answer is no i know i know um it's i'm just talking about the 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 healthcare in general i don't know if there is a perfect answer to what healthcare should be i'm i think insurance is a pretty weird way of giving people healthcare uh meaning like it shouldn't be to the ben- you know for the benefit of the you like you know what i mean like health insurance shouldn't be a business as it is like but whatever i mean i don't have an answer to that like i don't know how to right. do and, it differently you know thankfully we're not in politics and we are not tasked with deciding how the system should be all we can do is accept that in america healthcare is um for the most part Weird. private job based insurance like like that's what it is in America to sure yeah. you can be super rich and self insure just decide nah i don't need health insurance if i go to the doctor i'll just pay out of pocket and that's all that's also what i do almost always whenever i have any sort of issue i just go into the like the urgent care and they just have like a flat $150 fee and that's just fine. Uh my company that's self-insurance, they also provide this sort of like a small medical office that we can go to for free. So they do eye exams, physicals, uh, all sorts of like in-office procedures, you can get flu shots and vaccinations and stuff. So I've liked that approach more and I've liked how companies went from self-insurance self-insuring their employees to even providing a free doctor to their employees um you know i have a little bit of an in, more kind of intimate knowledge of self-insured plans i don't think they are i mean they're great for the people sometimes but they're not great for the company or the agency and i'll give you an example no, but that's um, not what it's about, right? It's a it's like a thing that attracts employees to your company. It's almost like, oh, it's known that Google or Facebook or whatever pay their engineers more. Okay. It can be known that the company that I work for offers this special doctor service. In fact, you know, Facebook and Google also offer these doctor type services. And that's a that's a pretty big factor, knowing that if I go work for this company, I will have no healthcare costs because they just offer a doctor that does more things for free. I guess. I mean, I mean, definitely we have health insurance, and it's definitely um, good to not have to pay as much for it. I mean, we still pay pretty significant amount. So, like seven thousand a year is more than 500 so like um like 550 let's say 
uh, a month. So, but uh, we get a pretty good plan, and it's definitely comforting to to have that one income in a family, for sure. But I feel like, um, typically, it's it's harder to find a couple um, where both want to be self employed. Or actually, it's not true. Um, I think it's harder to find, uh, but one person often feels more, I guess, r- responsible to have a full-time job so that the family could get health insurance. Yeah, that's like in America, the way we have this medical system set up, that's a huge motivator to keep people working for these companies. Because again, for whatever reason, healthcare was set up in this way that you could pay for your services if you have the money. And if you don't, you're sort of forced into working a job that provides health insurance as a benefit. And yeah, like the Affordable Care Act went in the correct direction that allowed people access to healthcare outside of their employer. Like, I don't think that there's any good reason to tie healthcare, health insurance, and work. <laughs> and nothing against the companies. They're offering a pretty nice benefit, and they can attract workers to them. And the way that the American system is set up, it's in favor of companies sort of doing this, and that's how they attract and keep employees. Like, I'll think twice going independent, knowing that I'll have double the healthcare costs if I can even find coverage. Just a couple of years ago, that wasn't even a reality. I would have had to clear a huge, huge like income to even think about affording my own healthcare insurance plan. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, is there like an answer that we can agree on um like i don't know what kind of solution um or recommendation to make i feel like the recommendation is pretty easy you just have to (laughs) you just have to do it you want the business business has to make money it's just another expense like you want to start a company and you're going to have office costs or server costs you also have insurance costs and that has to be incorporated in your business model that, okay, like we need to make at least $20,000 and set that aside for healthcare. And that's it. I mean, if you think about it, if it, it seems like a huge amount of money in the beginning. Um, but once you're, once it's actually a business, once it's actually making money and growing at one point the amount that we're ta- the amounts that we're talking about even 20 30,000 um a year for health insurance let's say for yourself become kind of i don't want to say irrelevant but they become immaterial assuming your business you know can clear that amount but so many businesses get stuck making $1000 a month let's say if I'm making $1,000 a month from a side business, that's pretty good money. But that's that's not enough to be a full-time thing. So the hurdle 
for going independent has been lowered with all of this Obamacare stuff, but it's like you you can't work your way out of healthcare costs by deciding that the American system isn't good. You have to work within that system and it's just another expense. Like being mad about it isn't going to fix the issue and you just have to account for it and be aware. Also, knowing that it can change at any moment because it has been so politicized. Yeah, that's kind of... um, uh, And I feel the same way kind of about tax planning. Uh, I know it's not relevant to healthcare, but actually it kind of is. Like, um, you know, things could change in, in... with the new administration um, and like the advice that you've been kind of giving clients for eight years can be irrelevant and like you have to redo all that stuff again to, (laughs) so that's kind of, I mean, it's a big deal. Taxes are a big deal. Healthcare is a big deal. So I understand why it kind of becomes political agenda uh, goes on, on to a political agenda. But um, at the same time, it would be, more comforting to know that there's some stability in that. And I agree with that. Yeah. And the complexities of healthcare and the complexities of tax, like they're not unrelated. They're complex for sort of the same reasons. Like tax is a very local sort of situation where you're giving money to your like local municipality and then higher, 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 higher until you get to like the federal. But the reason that there are all these loopholes and weirdnesses about just pretty basic stuff is because of lobbying and the way that taxes have been politicized. So there are exceptions for groups that have lobbied to get benefits. <laughs> so I, I think that any sort of American politicized topic gets overly complex and overly favors the people that can afford to lobby for these exceptions. Yeah. And that's not fair, but it's also a fact of like this country. (laughs) Fact of life. Right. So being like mad about it isn't going to make the problems go away. So you should just account for it and be aware, closing your eyes and being like, I'm not political. I don't care about healthcare. That's not true. Politics affects every single person, whether they choose to like explore the topic or not. And I think that that's why small business owners, I think, tend to be more political, not in the national CNN, Fox News way, but on the local level, I think small business, a huge part of running that business is the local municipality, the local area that they're in because they can also influence decisions in in politics and politics isn't some scary thing it's just it's just governing people and business owners are at a higher status than like the regular workers so they need to be involved in politics to make sure that they get favorable you know yeah street signs, tax exemptions, healthcare uh, options, opportunities, subsidies. 
So I think you yeah, just I have agree. to own it and be more involved and be more informed. Or you can just be a worker and have the company take care of it. Yeah. But that's also, I think you should have more information, look into it, have some anxiety about it like me, but either way, you still have to deal with it. I agree. I agree. And I, I don't think uh, healthcare, kind of to wrap this topic up, um, I don't think healthcare has to, should stop you from pursuing what you want to want to do. But at the same time, remember I said, um, I, my vision of starting something is when you work full time and you have that stability, start something slowly so that you can actually, uh, build it up and then switch completely when you feel that you can actually have enough money and have enough of the other stuff like coverage and, and so on. Um, like that's for, to me, that's the ideal way. I mean, some people can't afford, like if it's, if it's a family, if there are two partners, two spouses, one has a stable job, the other one has a stable job, but wants to be their own boss. Um, in that case, you kind of have a little bit more freedom, but, um, <clears throat> when you have a kind of you're on your own, or let's say your spouse doesn't have a job or whatever, um, then it's probably best to kind of take things slow and put a lot of effort into growing the side business or freelance opportunity. And then only switch when you kind of explored options and all of that doesn't have to happen kind of immediately. It can, you can take your time to figure out what's the best way. Yeah. I mean, everyone has to sort of account for their own situation, but by no means do I think that it's like, unaffordable or unattainable to have a business because of healthcare. Like a bunch of people are doing it. Like you can write an app or have a, have a service that you provide and yeah, you just have to charge enough to, to pay for healthcare and also know that like when a company does that, they also have to account for their workers like health insurance. So the, like the going rate for like an accountant at a firm is higher because the company needs to pay those costs and an individual may have some competitive advantage because they can pay for their own health insurance and maybe they can save money in other areas that the company isn't willing to to do like maybe you can get a cheaper phone a cheaper office setup uh, work from home to not have an office and you can you can be competitive and charge similar rates to a big company but get to keep a larger percent of that money because you don't have these huge overheads of oh we're you know leasing a skyscraper in Manhattan <laughs> you know yeah absolutely so well, I think it definitely is attainable yeah I agree I agree well, now it's uh, it's different. So now it's the a lot of companies will actually not have offices, or at least not have um, big offices, because they realize that a lot of people can be productive at home. Um, so that hopefully will kind of go down that overhead cost or whatever. But um, everything else, absolutely. Absolutely. Even when um, a freelancer is charging more per hour or whatever than a larger company, 
um, sometimes, oftentimes companies would prefer that because they don't have anything. Um, first of all, they can always say, I don't need you anymore. They can always kind of fluctuate the hours and, and they don't have to worry about all the benefits and stuff. Yeah. And like, we're seeing that now where like our company is cutting a lot of these contractors and these contractors are small business owners offering their service. So that's another thing to consider. Like when stuff is bad and you're like a, like a contractor consultant type, that that's also bad for you. And you need to hedge in that way also. Yeah. Yeah. It is bad for you. But then at the same time, an, an employee is a little bit more safe, but not always like, no, I don't think we're any more safe. Yeah. We're just, exactly. we're just the second to be cut. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, usually for employees, it's a little harder to get out of it because um, it's usually, uh, it usually comes as a shock and, and um, yeah. Yeah. And so for costs business- to firing yeah. people. Like if I get laid off, they have to pay off my vacation and, you know, collect all of my laptop, phone, all that stuff they gave me. And that's a hassle. Where yeah. with a contractor, you just don't renew their contract. That's true. And f- contractors are more kind of ready for that. Like they're, mm-hmm. they expect that more than employees. Like I think for employees, it's harder to get out of that shock in the beginning when you've been laid off. Yeah, interviewing sucks. <laughs> All right, Eugene. So I uh, I guess we'll wrap up for today. It's been a great discussion. I'll talk to you later. Yep, see you.